It's time. What was your message about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. Dude, one health game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of September 4th, 2021. This is our triumphant return to your podcast feed. And this is the Hail to Pitt podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Vince. Back due to popular demand, it's another season of Halen and podcast and Vince. I know some people were saying, oh, no, you might not come back. I might just listen to all the 2020 episodes, but you don't have to. They don't have to. We're covering the whole damn season. We're getting started today. Yeah, yeah. A lot of moving and shaking going around, uh, but we just had to get back here to talk about this exciting pit season. Uh, a little disappointing that our uh, our third uh, host of this show, Pam, uh, due to some scheduling conflicts, answering to a higher power. She may not be able to make all the episodes this year, but Al and I are going to try to hold it down as best we can. She will be making some appearances this year. I promise you that. But, uh, oh, she better. But uh, for right now, uh, Alan and I are going to get to this thing. A lot to talk about. A brand new season, and I am just hyped beyond belief. It feels like last year didn't even happen, Alan. Uh, it feels like we haven't had football in a couple years. I, on, I honestly, there are two things I remember from last year. Uh, one was eating delicious food in your uh, side patio yard watching Pitt uh, beat Louisville. And then I remember uh, getting my heart broken watching Pitt lose to NC State at my grandma's house. That's all. The, <laughs> those were the, everything else was a blur. Those I remember vividly, those two moments. Yeah, it, it, it you know, it was, it started out hot and then immediately just, you know, air really let out of the balloon and then yep. just, just couldn't get rolling again. But the silver lining everyone's talking about during the offseason is all the opt-outs in the last few games last year, given all that experience to a lot of the younger guys at the end of last season, and that might help Pitt out a whole bunch this year is maybe a surprise team in the ACC Coastal. We're going to get into all of it. This is a, a season preview show, Vince, so be ready to preview it. Offense, defense, we'll talk ACC, we'll make overall college football uh, sort of predictions, if you will. We'll get into all that. I don't know. We may also have to do a UMass episode later in the week. We, we're going to do call it this entire thing on the field all season long all we know is we're covering the whole damn season i am excited dog absolutely uh there is a lot to talk about alan as you said a season preview and and i believe we'll, we'll be dropping in for another episode this week to preview that big umass game yeah uh, labor day weekend the the whipple bowl they're calling it they're, are they i don't know i just made that up the there's whipple a lot bowl. of yeah yeah we got the whipple bowl week Two at Tennessee, Johnny Majors Classic, just you know, co battle for coach and brand supremacy early yep. in the season. Yeah, week three against the Bears in the Wanstat uh, <laughs> Classic. Can't wait. 
All right, everybody. At H2P Show on Twitter is where you can hit us up on the social media and whatnot. Uh, we're going to be mostly active this season, I guess, on Twitter. So that's where you can reach us. DM us if you like. Uh, like Vince said, Pam will be on the, the show here and there this, this season. Uh, handle most of the social media. Uh, we're we're going to try to pick up where she left off on that front. And, of course, we have the classic email for you. Hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach us via email, send us a long form question, uh, send us a note, say hi, whatever you want, you could do there. We appreciate all the feedback you give us on social media and, of course, on Panther Lair, where we are also active and lurking, reading what you're saying and sometimes talking about it on the show. Hail to the Pit Panther fans on Panther Lair. And Chris Peak does a great job. And of course, we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcast. Once again, giving you another great season. The Hail to Pit Podcast, Pretty Easy Podcast, producing up these shows. And they make it so easy on us. We just focus on pit sports. They focus on editing out the stupid things we say or the technical glitches. And they get it to you on your favorite podcast feed. And we don't have to pay that much. And all we had to do was go to prettyeasypodcast.com, which you could do today if you'd like to start your own show. Here we go, Vince. Let's begin. Football season upon us. The Pitt Panthers are going to be attacking the college football world with Kenny Pickett once again under center. And when you have a quarterback coming back, four-year starter, fifth year at the school, you got to think, wow, this team has some Quality leadership, great experience. They've got a solid defense. Pitt Panthers could be dangerous, but preseason, nobody's picking them to win the Coastal, but they're picking them to be dangerous enough to scare some teams, probably not Clemson. But overall, Pitt coming into this season with a lot of the same expectations we've had during the Kenny Pickett era. Yeah, and I would say you know those of us close to the program are or you know have high expectations at least i do but but like you said alan around the country i mean yeah they're probably looking you got kenny pickett back but you know you lost a lot of uh big time players on defense uh even with kenny pickett your offense was you know very stagnant at times so it, it doesn't surprise me uh that media folk are predicting Pitt to finish, I believe it was fourth in the Coastal uh, Division. Uh, if you look at uh, North Carolina, that's a, a a top 10 team right now. Sam Howell, quarterback returning, a Heisman candidate, uh, with, with King returning at Miami. You know, they're a extremely dangerous team, and they got that Miami cachet there. So it's not surprising, you know, that that. Uh, Pitt is not picked towards the top of the co- coastal division, but I think uh, at least I feel that you know they have the talent uh, to to contend for big things in in this division. It's put up put up or shut up as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, especially offensively because I feel like last year we we so many identifiable issues for Pitt, the Pitt offense with Kenny Pickett at quarterback, and uh, you know they're they're attacking the field or attacking other defenses like they're a professional uh, offense, but they don't have, you know, the tools to maybe do that. So I'm hoping they gimmick it up a little bit this year. Uh, I'm hoping that they get a little bit more creative this year and, and 
open up some running lanes too, because obviously the run game did not help out at all last year, but everybody's excited for Izzy Abanaconda to be one of the best in the ACC. So that might help. You're thinking that they need to run more of a Saturday-style offense. I would appreciate if they did, you know, buddy, because I think watching Pitt <laughs> offense last year, just a little too frustrating, seeing seeing them try to be something they are not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just yeah, the, the running out of the shotgun uh, where, you know, it didn't matter who was back there. Uh, the ball carrier getting tackled, you know, immediately uh, for a loss. It was just extremely frustrating. And whenever you couple that with dropped passes, lots of dropped passes, uh, so that, that is just uh, a recipe for disaster. Uh, but I like what you're saying, Alan. You know, you execute a little bit better. Yeah, you mix up your play calling a little bit more. Uh, that could, you know, increase your offensive output by orders of magnitude. So let's face it. Last year, we were all hoping and expecting Mark Whipple to maybe – Call call it call it a career when it comes to coaching in Pittsburgh. Maybe go back to a smaller school like UMass or retire. You know he did he get he had some great years of service, but just offensively, the Pitt Panthers under him have not been impressive. Actually, big decline since the year before he arrived, and they weren't even you know comparatively to the rest of the country that great even before. So under Narduzzi, overall offense has never been great, but. He's the key to keeping Kenny Pickett. They wanted to keep Kenny Pickett. Obviously, having a four-year starter at quarterback is pretty good. Uh, Potential NFL talent, some say, especially Pat Narduzzi. So I guess it's a pill to swallow in order to keep Kenny Pickett. Are you okay? That's my first question this season. If it means keeping Kenny Pickett, are you okay with keeping Mark Whipple? Or have you settled in? Are you comfortable? Or are you just feeling like we're doomed? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, although I know some people are. Um, I, I feel like, you know, Kenny Pickett uh, is has the potential to play at an excellent level. Uh, but, you know, it's not all the play calling. You know, the blocking's got to be better. The route running's got to be better. Uh, the catching of the ball has to be better. That is, you know, killed so many drives last year. That must be better. I'll, I'll say this. I do have a lot of confidence in, in Nick Patty, uh, backup quarterback. Uh, I feel like this is a guy that when he's been called upon uh, has done very well. And I know he, you know, he had some injury issues uh, last year, wasn't really available a whole lot. But, uh, you know, the year prior, whenever he had to step in, especially over that big win at home against Central Florida, uh, he he stepped up to the plate and he got the job done. I'd feel very confident that. But Kenny Pickett's just on another level. This is a BMOC player, Alan, and you know how important those are to uh, to, to the, the heartbeat of the team. So I'm going to say, even though uh, Coach Whipple is back, I think it's worth it. I think it is, too, and I think Kenny Pickett, uh, maybe all this NIL stuff he's doing is uh, putting it in perspective, just how how important he is and how big of a season it is for him and the school. Um, he's doing radio shows, podcasts, charity work, all sorts of stuff you wouldn't have been able to do before the rules changed here in college football and college athletics, and that just puts even more pressure, but I think also uh, – more confidence on him that he's being 
you know, afforded these opportunities. He, you know, listening to him on the radio and on his podcast now, he's saying the right things. Um, he's approaching the season, uh, I think, in a manner that is I, that it, there's urgency. You could tell. You could tell by the way he's speaking, uh, for him at least. He 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 knows that Mark Whipple's back because of him. He knows this, and so Kenny Pickett really, I think. Going into this season, I don't remember a season where there was this much riding on a guy's kind of career and for the team. Because if Pitt goes out there and has a six-win season, Kenny Pickett stinks it up and hardly has any three hundred yard games. Uh, you know, there after it, Kenny Pickett could wind up looking for employment outside of football or in a non-NFL league. And Pat Narduzzi might be on a hot seat. That that's very possible and a very uh, I would say a bettable scenario. I wouldn't bet on it, but I could totally understand why people would. And that could happen uh, if Kenny Pickett doesn't pick it up statistically and in the win column for the Pitt Panthers this year because he's barely been average, I think, in his career, and he has a big moment coming up. So it's all on Kenny Pickett. It is, and that's easy well, to say because he's the quarterback, but. I think it I think this is totally on him going out there and forcing guys not to drop the ball, making <laughs> well, a star out of Lucas Kroll, you know, making an even a, a, a superstar out of Jordan Addison. That's what's on the line this year. And that's what's got to happen. Well, you got a good point there. I mean, quarterbacks, a good quarterback can mask a lot of other issues. Uh, that that your team may have. And, you know, if he, he's got to be somebody that's got to make everybody better you know, one way or another. And like you said, if they have a six win season here, I mean, you got to look and say, what the hell are we doing with, with this team? You know, I mean, my goodness, you know, that would just be an absolute disaster. Uh, it's got to be better than that. Cause I mean, look at the, you got to look at the other big name quarterbacks in the ACC uh, and you look, and you specifically Sam Howell. I com- I'm comparing Kenny Pickett to him all season long. That's the standard now yeah. preseason yep. of, of quarterbacks who are going into the season and have NFL pursuits. Now this guy is going to be handed an NFL contract. I think regardless, if he has a mediocre year, he will be fine. But he's not going out there with a Clemson Tigers roster. He's at North Carolina. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's not he so he's go he's in a situation like Kenny Pickett where he's gotta lift the game of other players up too. So Kenny Pickett, you're gonna be compared to your contemporaries. So you have to outperform that guy. And uh DJ, I can't pronounce his name yet from Clemson. Uh Kenny Pickett, nowhere near top five, I think, in the ACC preseason of quarterbacks. Uh, but I think he has a chance, a sneaky chance. Uh, but we'll see if he's too tired running to the sideline, getting plays from Mark Whipple. What about the offensive line, Vince? We've got a big leadership change. No Jimmy Morrissey. Uh, so the offensive line's going out there with uh, youth, but experience this time around. A, a lot of guys got their reps in a lot of red shirts on the offensive line. So does this translate into, oh, they're actually going to be able to run block? And protect Kenny Pickett this year. Yeah, well, if you, I mean, you know, if you look at last season, uh, you know, those last few games, yeah, you know, they they were playing lesser competition for sure, uh, but the the offensive line played significantly better. Um, 
you know, uh, Matt Goncalves, uh stepped in as a freshman and was just moving people out of the way. And, you know, as of right now, he is not projected to be a starter. Uh, Carter Warren and Gabe Hoy at the tackle positions, according to Coach Narduzzi, have had better camps. So uh, the fact that, you know, those two guys are being uh, inserted into the lineup ahead of a guy that looked outstanding at the end of last season tells me that, you know, there's there's good, healthy competition and those guys are, are improving their game. And then you got Marcus Minor transferring from Maryland uh, as, a, as a graduate transfer. I think that's a big thing to help sure up that in, inside of the line. I feel confident in all these guys. I think the biggest thing, it's going to come down to that center position. Owen Drexel, this guy's been in the program for quite a while. Uh, he's had, uh, you know, he's played here and there, uh, but now is the time he's really got to step up. I feel good uh, about the other four guys on the line. I feel good about the uh, reserve players, you know, that too deep there. I feel like we have good guys that would step in. I think it's all going to come down to that center position, Alan. Uh, and as you know, that is maybe one of the most important positions on the whole offensive line. Absolutely, and you're and you're replacing uh, Kenny Pickett's best friend too. So a lot of pressure on Drexel, and and then you, and then you also look at I. Th- okay, so I look at the depth of the offensive line too, because we're bound to see at least some some different configurations usually throughout a season, and of all the position groups for the Pitt Panthers, the depth of the offensive line after the starting uh, five. Is, is tough. I mean, Goncalves, if he's not starting, I think he's a solid backup. I would pref- prefer if he started over Gabe Hoy. My, 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 that's what I'm hoping, personally. Uh, Carter, Carter Warren, I feel like pro- you know progressing pretty rough a couple years ago, a little bit better last year, I think is due to be a leader on the offensive line. Um, Jay Cradle, I think, is pretty reliable. And then, so behind, so I think we'll see good progression from everybody who's starting. But after that, what is there, Vince? It's a lot of unknown, unlike all the other position groups where I'm comfortable if we have an injury or two at receiver or even tight end now, actually. Because everybody's played at least, they can't catch. But, and then defensively, (laughs) they're one of the deepest defenses in the ACC. Yeah. I, I mean, Blake Zubo, Zubovic uh, out of Bell Vernon, you know, th- this kid, he's played a good amount. Uh, he played some last year. I, I feel good about him stepping in uh, if we had to. So I feel like that, that top seven offensive lineman, uh, you know, I feel good. You know, you, you feel good about your number one tackle off the bench. You feel good about your number one guard off the bench. But, but Alan, like you said, you know, beyond that, hard to say. You know, it, you're putting in somebody at that point who really hasn't played at all. Uh, and, and it'll be either sink or swim. We'll have to see how they do. And that's going to be tough because the offensive line is really expected to make a, a pretty big leap this year. So we'll see um, because Israel, Israel Abanaconda is going to go out there. And I think he's sounds like he's done the work. He's been pushed by, I think, Vincent Davis, who – in camp, they they said is looking faster than ever. I mean, that game he had to end the season. That's one other thing I actually remember from last season. Remember that? Did oh. he have over two hundred yards? <laughs> is in that the, the last one game? Is that the one where he was going to go get lit on the plane? You feel me? Well, we finna get lit tonight. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's go. He went and got lit off on the plane. He came back. He's in better shape, but he also has a guy in front of him that everybody's expecting to be. Yeah, a burner. So Pitts running backs again feel deep like they did a few years ago, but it'll all mean it'll be moot if they're running behind a bunch of chumps. And Pitts' offensive line did not inspire a lot of confidence going last year. When it comes to the run game going into this year, yep, it's it's got to be better. You know, one way or another, it has got to be better, uh, and and I think it will be. I think it will be. I, I do have confidence in these guys. Uh, you know, they're they're putting in a lot of work, and I I think you know by the time we kick it off September fourth, we're going to see it. Okay, defensively, going into the season, uh, pit football is being talked about uh, by your preview magazines and your national pundits as a unit that's expected to be pretty damn solid. And Pat Narduzzi is in his flow, Vince. He's feeling it when it comes to defenses year to year now at Pitt. That's a good feeling. It feels like what special teams are at Virginia Tech and what <laughs> what, off- what offense is at Hawaii, except yesterday against UCLA. Pitt has when it comes to the defensive line, but also overall defense now. I am so confident in, so, in the Pitt defense now. Pitt, Every year, year to Pitt, year. So Pitt, Pitt is playing like a you know a early 2000s team is what you're telling me. Yes. That's, that's the kind of pipeline that's going there. And I, we got I'm it not, going on. I'm not quite sure if that's good or bad. We got but. so many <laughs> defensive linemen I want to see play that will not get that many reps this year. I, I know. Uh, you know, if you look at if you look at defensive line, uh, you know, linebacker, um, secondary, they're bringing back a lot of experience. But at the same time, you you hear some of these national guys that aren't following the program that closely. Uh, they're not your 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 Phil Steels or Lindys that are really you know, digging into the numbers, uh, they're looking at, you know, you were counting on on a Jalen Twyman last year who opted out. Uh, you had Jones and Weaver, two NFL draft picks gone on the defensive line. So they, they kind of feel that we're depleted, but that is not the case at no. all. I, I am hyped to, uh, no. beyond belief to see some of these guys. I, I really feel... <laughs> That, Two guys you know, in particular for me. I'll let you go first. Uh, well, I, well, I was going to say, you know, I mean, I feel that there's probably, you know, coach probably feels good about, you know, maybe nine or ten of these defensive <laughs> linemen that uh, that are good. And he feels good about, it seems like, you know, maybe six uh, uh, of these linebackers, possibly more. Uh, and he even made the comment, you know, it wasn't that long ago where he felt like, you know, we couldn't rotate anybody uh, on at linebacker. We couldn't rotate anybody at cornerback because we just didn't have enough good players there. It feels like he's finally at that point. Uh, it's taken a lo- little while, longer than some people per- would have liked, but it looks like that there's there's legitimate uh, depth here. Uh, got not everybody with a ton of playing experience, but guys that are playing uh, and at least practicing at a very high level. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to throw out one guy here, uh, Alan, before, before you, uh, tell me your couple, uh, John Morgan, the third, uh, this guy, we, we have seen him play in, in very small spurts, but this guy is a, an excellent pass rusher in my, in my opinion. 
Uh, he's gotten very overlooked the past couple years uh, because of you know how many great players were ahead of him. Uh, but this guy is a sleeper, and uh, uh, as an outside rusher, I think he's going to make a huge difference, and people are uh, really going to be surprised with how good this guy can play. Oh, yeah, D-line U is going to strike again for sure. I mean, th- this is – this is up and down. Maybe the most excited I've been about the defensive line. Not, not maybe be, there isn't that one standout badass who is unbelievable. Definite NFL first rounder, second rounder. But now Pitt has, I would say at least five to six defensive linemen we've seen play and have awesome, awesome games, make big plays, make impressive athletic plays at least, and. There's so much more to come for guys like Habaduk and and you got I mean we've seen stuff even from Tyler Bentley a little bit yeah who, who we'll see a little you know rotate in there uh, but of course the two guys I'm most hyped for on the defense overall because of what we saw and they're so young Kalijah Cansey and Servasier Dennis coming in this season now as with as mainstay players as relied upon players from start to finish so excited to see what they do in uh leadership roles uh on the defense i mean maybe neither guy is the the the, the man cuz uh that's probably cam bright i'd say is the leader of the defense going into this season um but i'm just excited to see them and then you got Keyshawn Camp back from injury Along with Mr. Wendell, Wendell Davis back too. Keyshawn Camp, what are you what about what about Pat Narduzzi's prediction here, Vince? Predicting that Keyshawn Camp will not be injured this season. <laughs> I I hope he's right. Um, because you know, we've seen this guy when healthy has has been an excellent player. Uh, you know, he's been able to play inside, he's been able to play outside. Um, I, I'd like I it, to me, it seems like we may, might have more guys in the mix on the outside. I'd, I'd like to see him as an inside player, uh, and I think he can do very well. And I think this is this is going to be the year where he stays healthy and he's going to make a big impact, and it's going to be felt. I'm telling you, uh, you know, having being able to rotate those inside guys, keeping them fresh, that's going to be key to this season. Uh, and I'm I'm I just can't wait to see this guy finally get back out there, Alan. I know he's been dying to get on the field. Yeah, I'm like I'm so excited to see him back out on the field. But it doesn't count if he doesn't get hurt, and you just put him on the outside all season long here and there, Pat Narduzzi, and you don't use Keyshawn Camp. Hopefully, he's being used, and we see that big number ten on the on the field, along with how great is it that Pitt's off defensive linemen are all single digit players, <laughs> it's, oh, it's except great. for Devin Danielson. I love it. And then uh, you got the secondary, which. So there's no Paris Ford anymore, uh, Vince. You know you're losing you're losing a, a, a madman uh, vocal <laughs> leader. So who's going to be the person that 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 person to be in the secondary talking everybody up, getting everybody focused out there when you lose a vocal well, leader like that? Well, I, I'm I'm more concerned about losing Demar Hamlin, to be honest. That's the talent. Uh, I'm talking yeah. about the spirit of the of the secondary. Well, it sounds like uh, it sounds like Brandon Hill uh, is is really bringing a lot of fire to this defense, uh, and he's he's big playability. If you want to talk about somebody that could replace Ford in, in that, he aspect. literally did. He literally yeah. did. 
with the opt out last season. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing, you know, that you could argue that this secondary again, not as good competition, but you know, they played much better without Ford. You know, Ford an an, an excellent talent. Uh a guy that, you know, could make a, a huge play and turn a game around at any time. But you know, how many times did we see him out of position? How many times was he arguing with the coaches on the sideline? You know, that kind of stuff. You know, this could be an addition by subtraction situation. Uh, again, still have to replace DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Going to have to replace him. Jason Pinnock uh, that, that was drafted uh, last year. But uh, I feel that there's a lot of good talent here. We got Damari Mathis coming back from injury. Excited to see that. Could be huge, yes. Could be huge. Brandon Hill, as we talked about. And then MJ Devonshire could be, you know, maybe the, the sleeper key to this whole defense here as an extra defensive back. He's been working a corner mostly. Uh, it sounds like he could be that nickel guy or maybe that third guy off, uh, uh, off the bench, you know, behind Mathis and Marquez Keith Williams. Uh, I'm excited to see what this guy could do. Uh, an Aliquippa product uh, c- coming over here from Kentucky. This could be absolutely huge, Alan. You can never have enough good defensive backs, especially in college. Uh, this guy, apparently, according to Narduzzi, has really started to make an impact on this defense. He's picking things up. I'm excited to see him. And named after my favorite street in Oakland, uh, Devonshire, beautiful, beautiful, historic road, so lovely to drive down and hopefully so good in the secondary is that extra man. Uh, the rotation is all we've been hearing. The rotating. Uh, all all camp long. If you read anything into uh, what's been going on at Pitt uh, camp, it's that defensively they'll never be tired, right? They're going to be throwing guys <laughs> they in there. Be. They should not be. Guys, they'll be throwing guys in there left and right to give guys breathers. Because there's so many guys that have had experience now that got the playing time last year due to opt-outs. And there's so many guys that Narduzzi, who is, you know, you have to earn playing time on this team, especially on defense. You have to earn the trust. And there, a lot of guys have now. So that should uh, bode well, but be a different type of vibe for the defense than it has been for other years. So maybe there isn't that one standout name defensively as a star. Although I can make an argument for some guys, like Cam Bright or what Kalaja Cancer or Servasi Dennis could do this year. Um, the fact is the pit defense might be stronger this year because they're going to be rotating and so deep. Yeah, I'm I, I, right now, you know, I think what you're saying is accurate, but there will be stars made on this defense. I'll, t- I'll tell you that right now. There will be stars made on this defense. Uh, Servassier Dennis, number one. This guy could be the best middle linebacker Pitts had in a very long time uh, in a, a position that has been, uh, you know, they, they've struggled. They've struggled Better to find HB guys Blades. there. Better than Scott McKillop. Could be. Could be. Uh, you know, a guy that just came out of nowhere uh, and has really performed. I'm, I'm excited to see what he could do. I think he's going to be a star. Another guy, Alan, Dayon Hayes. Uh, defensive line, defensive end out of Westinghouse. Yes, uh, this guy, you know, you know, with so much depth on that defensive line, you didn't really play that much last year. Although after that first game, he was leading the country in sacks. 
Uh-huh. Two, two sacks was leading the country in sacks. Uh, I remember um, being and, and, so excited when they when they when he got recruited and you know he he came on board. We were talking about him a couple years ago, right on this show. He's one of the first players we followed in recruiting on the podcast. And now look at him; he's out yeah, there playing. It's exciting. Yeah, this guy, uh, you know, he he don't necessarily look it. Yeah, you know, he, he doesn't have all these muscles just bulging out of. You know all these different places, uh, but he's he's not a, an incredibly tall guy. Um, but you know, if, if you watch him, you know he just seems like he is going to be a big star. And, and coach has kind of been saying that you know he he is that you know that fourth defensive end. He is right there. Uh, you know, you know Alexandra Morgan and, and Hubba. You know Hayes is right there with those guys, and, and it seems like he is going to just. Uh, it just explode with, with with more with more playing time this year, and that's that's a good thing for this defense. They they uh it, they should not be in a situation where they look too tired, Alan. Uh, they they should have no. you guys rotating in there you know, constantly. Speaking of the rotation, as we wind down the defensive talk, will Elliot Donald be rotated in at all? You think this season? Can fans expect to see? The, the primo de Aaron Donald in there at all as a freshman? Well, you know, you can play up to four games and still redshirt. So I, I think it's possible that they that he could get some time in these games. Um, and if you look at the way Pat Narduzzi has, you know, handled some of these games against a UMass or, you know, they have a game against New Hampshire, uh, later in the year where they've played just a ton of guys. Uh, you would think if they would do that, if, if you know, if he would have that kind of mentality that he could uh, get into some of those games. But it, it appears right now that the, that the depth chart is just so stacked that you wouldn't expect him to, to get on the field right away. And that, that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I will say that, I'm hoping that Pitt is up by a significant amount in some of these games and that, that he is able to get in. I'm calling it Elliot Donald gets a sack against Western Michigan week three, and then we'll see him again next season. Short, uh, you know, he'll be, he'll be red shirted shortly after. That's my prediction. Okay. Although maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. Also bar, you know, of course you got barring injury or poor play. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much they'll have to go go on, though. That's the bummer about this year's schedule, I'll say. While the Tennessee game is week two, and that's a great test. Uh, Western Michigan, I guess, also should be you know fair, fair enough competition. Uh, but with New Hampshire and UMass also on the docket, those first four games, um, it's going to be, it's going to be, I don't know if we're going to know exactly who the Pitt Panthers are until until October and ACC play starts like I'm not a fan of that non-conference schedule well leading up to ACC play this this season it's pretty weak and I know we get to go to Tennessee and everybody's excited for Rocky Top but those other three PU well I'll say this we may not know if we're good but we'll know if we're bad after after those first four games that's true that's true and also (laughs) probably uh a type of schedule we won't have to endure uh for much longer now with the great alliance 
in, yeah. in, the, in the future. Yeah, we'll, we'll be getting to that a little later on in the program. We will, but there we go. A little preview of, of offense, defense. Do you have anything to say for special teams? I didn't write anything down here, Vince, but, I mean, new kicker. Well, I- that's big. yeah, yeah, a kicker that coach still hasn't told us exactly who it's going to be yet, and and it doesn't sound like either guy has really separated themselves. And there's a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of mixed reviews that they're just not hitting at a high enough clip, and uh, that could be maybe that's going to be a blessing in disguise, and that we're not, we're not. Well, I, they finished. they do. Yeah, I saw Kessman. I didn't even realize Kessman finished the the greatest kicker. Percentage wise, fifty yards or deep in NCAA history. That's impressive. Make make no Greatest mistake about it. Long ball kicker ever in college football. It, it, we we need to we need to get an established kicker for sure. But maybe not having a good one is going to be a good thing because maybe that means we'll be going for less field goals <laughs> and trying to actually score. Uh, because you know you you know kicking field goals. And yeah, you know, at from the five yard line, you know, we cannot have this anymore. But you know, this is 2021. It's easier to do because have otherwise, if you have to have Kenny Pickett run to the sideline from the five yard line, Mark Whipple's not allowed to pass what the 25. Yeah, something like that. It's really it's it's inconvenient. So that's that's like I think they just always just kick the field the field goals out of laziness. (laughs) You you could be right. I I don't I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, but but uh, special Start teams, a, uh, you I know, uh, it's not the case this year. Damn yeah, it. Kirk, yeah, Kirk Chris Dulu uh, is, is you know he's been punting pretty well, uh, so I expect that to continue this year. But uh, you know, yeah, the kicking for sure, we're, we're not quite sure yet, and we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see also what Jordan Addison does as a return man too. I mean, big things hopefully lined up. Do you think they'll be throwing him out there, or will be? Uh... Maybe Vincent Davis will get a crack. What do you expect? Uh, yeah, you know he Addison. He's so valuable to the team as a receiver. Uh, I I don't know. This I don't is know who college. I'm all for put your best guy out there to return and do everything. If you got someone who could do it, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that. Uh, you know, coach has said Heisman's th- are one on punt returns. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. Yeah, Jordan Addison. If he's gonna win the Heisman this year, he's gonna have to return yes, a few exactly. punts. Exactly, <laughs> um, but <laughs> there, uh, you know, it, coach has, you know, he he's talked a little bit about the return game, and of course, he listed like ten players that are auditioning for, for those return spots. So I don't think we're going to know and, until uh, September fourth. And we'll wait. I could wait. I'm fine with waiting. Yeah, but I, I would. I would rather yeah. not know anything about this team. Because yeah, if I don't know about it, then nobody else will know about it. Exactly, and but I'm hoping that it's completely different from the UMass game to the Tennessee. I say actually start Nick Patty week one. Get him the reps. <laughs> Jesus, no. Get him the reps. <laughs> we, no, we we can't we can't do that. But I will say I want to see Pitt go out there. We're going to talk about it next week. They better go out there and just stomp this team. They they better be up you know, significant points at halftime. And then after that, get Nick Patty in there. Do not take it easy on your buddies there at UMass, Mark Whipple in the Whipple Bowl. What do you say we go back? We haven't done it in a long time. Back online. Let's get connected and see what they're saying on the Pitternet. Can you explain what Internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internets. 
and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. So how are you pitting online, gentle Pit Panther fan listener? Are you are you reading the forums? Are you on social media? Are you listening to other podcasts? How are you pitting? I've been pitting pretty hard the last oh month or so, getting ready for the season, Vince. And I'm whenever I'm on the different platforms, I'm always thinking, well, what kind of pit fan is in this spot? Like when you're on Panther Lair, would you say that the Panther Lair pit fans are older? That's what I get. That's my vibe. I don't know if they're necessarily older, but that's the hardest of the hardcore, as far as yes. I'm concerned. And some of the you know, some of the darkest opinions, uh, <laughs> some of the most depressing, um, but also some of the best information. Uh, <laughs> so you know, you know, love or hate those guys, you got to respect them. That's true. Panther Lair might not always be the best vibe, but it is the place where you'll see. Hey, I saw so and so partying too hard on Wellsford the other day. And they're not going to have a good game. And they won't have a good game. And you'll know where you heard it first. Yeah, it, we've all been there. We, we, we've we all picked up on that kind of information. You, it's just whether way, or not you want to share it. Did you see on social media what was going down at, at campus when they all got back earlier this week for that Wells Fest? Did you hear about this? No. I We didn't have a Wells Fest when we were there. And I was just there, what, what a year and a half ago. What's Wells Fest? on Wellsford Street, right? a small side street that I didn't ever even went to because, you know, we dwelled on Myron's, your Oakland Aves, Bates. You'd go on Cato sometimes, occasionally, if you want to get real buck nutty. This Wells Fest, they posted on social media events, the pit student body, they look pent up like they skipped a year. It was a sea of students just getting lit, high feet. Buck nutty, crazy! It's insane. It looked like a concert. It was nuts, and it was on the streets of Oakland. No, it was, a, it was a, a block party gimmick. A giant yeah. party, like you, like you can't walk down the street. It looked like every student was there. Was the football team there? I hope not. I hope not too. I think they're staying in a hotel, which is a great thing they do for the for camp. I'll have to send you that link. The hitman Dan Mancini sent me. Uh, out of nowhere, just the Twitter, he said, look what's going on there right now. <laughs> he may have been there. <laughs> he might have. He said he wished he would would have. <laughs> he do kind of. But uh, so, okay, well, what about people that are more just uh, podcast listeners? They uh, might pro- obviously are listening to this show, but what about uh, you got your Panther Lair podcast. Now, Kenny Pickett's got a show. Durin Dickerson and Bill Stoll have a show now together. Vince, a lot of good pit content out there for for the audio Panthers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. You know, Chris Peak. I mean, this guy is just you know, pounding the pavement more than any pit uh, writer or talker out there. Uh, you can't give him enough credit uh, for all that he's doing. Uh, you know, he'll 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 talk your ear off. He he will he'll he'd go 24 hours in a row. He, he was to. doing. I listened to his last <laughs> show. He was sick. He was sniffling, coughing live. The, and he just kept going. It was. It felt like Bino Cook took control of his body, <laughs> and he was just nonstop. Couldn't. I'm sick. I don't care. Damn it. I'm just gonna power through. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone cough like that on a show since Bino Cook. But Chris Peak, you're right. He's he is the standard. But, 
of pit coverage. Yeah, I will say I, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, I, I haven't listened to the whole first episode yet, but this Doran Dickerson and Bill Stahl show, I'm very hyped for that. Uh, you know, those are guys that we went to school with, Alan. Uh, uh, yeah, the first time you were there, and and these guys were good ball players. Uh, you know, did they get the job done at the end of the day? No, they felt they felt just a little short. Uh, but but it wasn't for a lack of effort. Those guys went out there and they left it all on the field. Absolutely, and these are great ways for you to follow along. Obviously, we want you to listen to this show, but we we do it all. We we talk on this show. We listen to the other shows. We read everywhere else. It's it's an immersive experience all season long. It's a community. We love it when people interact. Just one thing I'm going to say is. If you're a Pitt fan, why would you listen to 93.7 The Fan? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, no it's yeah. And yeah, if, if you, <laughs> I feel like once a week you could hear some, some good commentary on that on Panther Lair talking about 93.7 <laughs> The Fan. Hey, and I'm a radio guy. I love radio, but man, oh man, it is so tough. And that, and they're supposed to be the flagship covering the team. It just makes zero sense the way they go about doing it any other me- honorable mentions blogs newspapers uh, i mean you could read newspapers uh you know there's you know jerry DePaulo, the trib you know he's he's following them pretty closely uh that's good i don't know if you'll find good columnists though uh talk, talking about pit um at, at any the athletic got anything going on for pit pit athletics uh, uh, they i don't i honestly don't know even though even though pam has a subscription to the athletic i have not oh, really i have not looked Maybe we'll dabble this season. I'm looking forward to the coverage all over the place and see also what, how NIL gets involved, most importantly, because I'm I'm hyped for one day. Hopefully, we'll also get, you know, a Habaduke Baldonado podcast. Maybe we'll get uh, a Twitch featuring uh, Abanaconda and uh, Gabe Hoy. I don't know. These guys can do whatever they want now. Vince, it's NIL time. Yeah, it's it's quite the time. Uh, I, I'm still uh, excited to get to the Oaklander. Try that Kenny Pickett burger. Yeah, the Oaklander, it's a beautiful, beautiful hotel. Might stay there next time. I'm I'm back. In town <laughs> I'm on my world tour. Uh, also on the internet, I was on Panther Lair lurking, and I saw someone put a poll question out. Very interesting, Vince. So I said, why not steal it and just ask it on the show? Because we'll give credit, of course. Nine national championships is the user handle on Panther Lair. Shout out to them. Who said, how should Pitt arrive at Heinz Field for games? The Gateway Clipper? A march down Forbes? A bus ride or other? What'd you vote, Vince? Uh, I'm, I'm voting bus, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, the Gateway Clipper would be great, although, you know, what if the boat runs out of gas? Then you gotta a, get. No. Then you gotta get another boat no. out there. That's that, well, there's too a, much listen, going on there. Listen, a that'll never ever ever happen. As a former employee of the Gateway <laughs> Clipper fleet, I, I hand, thought I thought you were just an employee of the dock. I was a dock hand, but I was a part of the fleet as a crew member. They those are the most well kempt engines and boats. They may not look like it because the rugs and carpets inside of them are filthy and old, but they're they're great vessels. And also that how far I could swim to they could swim to the game technically. I'm surprised they didn't put that. It's not a wide river. It's not hard to get across. You they know how tiring they they would be tired by 
at swimming across that river. And who knows what who knows what's lurking in there? I vote Gateway Clipper just because it'll look cool. Put a big flag to put it on. That'd be great. Great shot for ESPN to show everybody crossing and then getting off the boat, walking over to the game every week. That would be a great thing to do. Yeah, it it would. It would. Yeah. Barring no disasters. I also would like the look of walking down, walking down Forbes Avenue with, uh, with the um, cathedral in the background, I think would be a very good visual, but that's a very far walk. It's a little far. Maybe, you know, when they build that stadium on campus, we'll do that. But love that. Love that poll question. Nine national championships put up on Panther Lair. And uh, if you want to send us stuff or put it on Panther Lair, we're always there, too. At H2P Show. Love, love hanging out on the Pitternet with you and get involved. Pit football's here. So get connected, baby. What do you say we go into the real world again, Vince? And around Pittsburgh, where I haven't been there in a couple weeks, I'm on a world tour, but I know around town a lot of people are talking about, you know, the the changing landscape and the future of where Pitt football is going to be playing their games. Yeah, a lot of a lot of talk about uh, you know who's who's in what conference and and all that confusion is starting up again. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You think Pitt will end up one of them super conference teams? Nah, they're going to return the Big East in that when it's all said and done. Oh, you know, that'd be pretty cool, but I don't know. I don't really care as long as, you know, they end up playing and beating WVU again. Who cares where they play? Am I right? Hell to Pitt. What the Yinzers are saying. So that's what the Yinzers are saying. Uh, a lot of confusion over what conference uh, <laughs> teams are going to end up in, Alan. Uh, I- I'd like to get your thoughts on on this alliance. Um, the Great <laughs> Alliance. Well, all right. I, well, I think we should start it off there. I mean, wh- what should this be called? To me, this is like an unholy alliance, almost. Uh, uh, do, do you really want to be associated with the Big Ten? I, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure, uh, but apparently we are. But I, I was also thinking about the name Death Triangle. What, what do you think about that? <laughs> the death triangle? As long as the Big 12 doesn't end up getting that invite last minute, that would make sense. Um, so, okay, you're affiliated with the Big 10. Sure, that's lame. But Pitt getting to play against Ohio State and get thumped and maybe beat him once in a blue moon, not the worst idea. Uh, Pitt getting to play Penn State every year would be awesome. Uh, and then... Obviously, the question of where WVU ends up is what I'm most concerned about. I don't. I rather play them than Penn State as a Pitt fan. I want that backyard brawl back, you know, regularly. Um, but doesn't look like that's in the cards with this alliance. I don't like the name Alliance. That's the, that's a bad taste in football fans' mouths. The Alliance <laughs> of American Football was a joke and sad. Why couldn't they think of something better? I don't know. Well, they could, didn't want to say merger. They, they couldn't say anything else. And this isn't even anything official. It's just a verbal yeah. agreement and not even a solid verbal, which is what <laughs> you're looking for in college football. It, 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 like you talk about all this schedule stuff. Like, is that all really going to happen? Like, are they going to say, oh, we're we're going to play, you know, one a- each ACT team is going to play at least one 
Pac-12 team and one Big Ten team every year. Like, is that all that stuff really going to happen? I'm not quite so sure. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think I yeah, much rather be, be have cool. one game against uh, Oregon State and then a game against Northwestern than an than Western Michigan and New Hampshire. Those are big leaps, but it's a little bit better. Pitt roaring into the Coliseum to play the Trojans. How about that? Oh, my God. <laughs> if it happened, I would be there front and center. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think that this is mostly going to be a benefit of, you know, just a voting together on, on, on important issues such as this playoff mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, foiling yeah, the SEC trying to get, you know, you know, all of their teams <laughs> into the playoff every year. Uh, that, that's what I think uh, this is mostly going to be about. I'm sure there'll be some schedule stuff. Uh, somewhere down the line, or, or bowl game alliances, or something—I I don't know—but uh, you know, right now, I think it's 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 strictly just a, po- a political voting situation. It's it it's silly though because it seems it's so easy. I think for them, if they need to change the status quo of college football, there's easier ways to do it. But there's like some cra- there must be crazy egos and just insane amounts of money that people don't want to mess with that is preventing everybody from just coming together and, you know, making a new uh, structure to how these conferences interact. Uh, and Pitt being on this side, on the Alliance side versus the SEC, uh, that, that I think, it, it, does, it does not uh, put a lot of confidence in me that Pitt's going to end up on the good side of where this all ends up. I definitely think all the money in, in when it comes to college football is on the SEC side. And all of the uh, voting power, obviously, with this alliance, seemingly is with the alliance, but then it, none of it is official. There's no contracts. So how can you trust anybody when it comes to this? And in the end, I, I think I would bo- bet on the super conferences looking more like the European Super League they proposed, where it's less teams but bigger schools, and Pitt would be left out of that. And in some sort of what would be the in the future, the modern day group of five. See, I, 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 the one thing I still can't see with all that is, you know, it are these really big schools are going to want to play each other every single year and essentially be like the NFL where everybody's, you know, you know, seven to nine or nine and seven. They don't want that. They they want to you know talk about undefeated seasons and and you know things things of that nature. They're, they like beating up on small teams. So that's why I I just at the end of the day I can't see you know uh, you know just one conference with you know the twenty best teams and then nobody else. I, I can't see that happen. Well, that would be a completely different uh, sport because college football is all about like you said uh, the undefeated seasons the walking that tightrope all regular season long. It's what most people love about it, how important every regular season game is. Um, They would be obviously very important in a super conference like that, but very difficult to have that result be undefeated or one loss season. So I don't know. It's so impossible to tell. All I know is that Pitt's in bed with the Big Ten on this thing, and that just does not make me feel good. You're right. It's it's an unholy (laughs) alliance. I'm telling you. (laughs) All right. Well, we're talking about overall college football. That's obviously on everyone's minds, the super conferences. But 
put that to the back burner because football is actually being played now. Uh, you don't have to give me your Heisman. I don't want to know who you think is going to win the Heisman. That's a trophy with a certain criteria. I want to know the player you're acknowledging this season as the non-pit player that's must-see, that you're just they're excited to go see play college football this year. Oh, I mean, there are tons uh, that, that I, I'm hyped to watch this year. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you one, and this may be more of just a team situation. I'm not quite sure. But that Matt Corral, uh, quarterback at Ole Miss, uh, that offense just wild. <laughs> just a wild team playing no defense whatsoever, uh, just throwing all over the place. Uh, this guy, he's got a BMOC type look at yes. Allen. Uh, I, I'm excited to see this offense. I'm excited to see him. They're actually going to be kicking off Labor Day night against the Louisville Cardinals of the ACC, a game that we could see, you know, easily 100 points scored. I mean, there, I, I like that approach. You're in the SEC, you know, you are, you're not going to out-recruit Alabama. You're not going to out-physical teams like LSU. So why not just go out there and just try to run it up, play balls to the wall every week? Ole Miss has a good a good approach to it. Matt Corral is going to be exciting to watch for sure this year. But yeah, I'm not saying he's the best player in the country. No. I'm just saying he's a guy that I think you got to watch. He's not even King, Haynes King's the quarterback. I'm excited to see in the SEC being announced as the starter at A&M. But that's not my player. But if I'm talking SEC specifically, that's that's where I'm looking. Speed and size, but. If I'm talking the player I'm acknowledging this year, it's a player that uh, actually humbled us last year and uh, I've gained respect for. And because he's got the look that I want in a quarterback, I'm going with Phil Jerkovic or Jerkovic <laughs> or however the hell you're saying Jerko's name. The Jerko beat us last year and I'm just I'm pumped to see him and the guy that literally I think became a star against Pitt Zay Flowers. Uh, go yeah. out there this year and do damage in the ACC. Good thing we don't play them, but I'm going to be watching them. Yeah, a lot of people uh, talking about Boston College as a uh, a big time sleeper team. Um, you know, if they did not have to, you know, go against Clemson, I think a lot of people would be saying them as, as you know a potential to get to uh, the ACC title game in Charlotte. But they they got a good team. I'm excited to see how they do. I think they're going to be a tough out. So those are play. Those are our players. We're we're excited to watch. We're acknowledging Heisman. A different a different topic. Obviously, Jordan Addison, the uh, leader of the pack preseason for that award, is because he's going to return kicks and you know catch all the touchdowns. But uh, we'll move on to the teams in the ACC specifically, who will be the head of the table in the ACC and. Why would it be anybody other than Clemson? It's the most boring conference to predict every year, but it will be Clemson once again, Vince. But by how much? I I don't think it's by as much as everybody's saying. Uh, yeah, I think they're an extremely good team, uh, but I don't think DJ Uyunglele, maybe. You got um, closer than I would. I don't think he, you know, he's not a Trevor Lawrence to me. He's not a Deshaun Watson. Um, I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't think he's at the level of those guys. 
uh, and think about all they, you know, they, they still, they're going to have a tremendous defense. They're going to have a lot of, you know, firepower on offense, but you know, there's a lot of new players, you know, you know, Travis Etienne's gone. You know, how, how good is that backfield going to be now? I'm sure that they got some five-star guy coming in there, uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll you know, it, we'll see when the lights come on, they're going to get tested week one against Georgia uh, game. We'll be talking about uh, next week for sure. Uh, very hyped for that game, but uh, yeah, you know, even even if they lose that game, they could still uh, you know run the table the rest of the way pretty easily. They're winning. The, uh, they're going to win the ACC very easily, I think, this year. Maybe easier than ever. You know who their toughest road ACC game is preseason uh, on paper? I I haven't looked at their schedule recently. The Pitt Panthers. They play <laughs> at NC State. That's at NC State's a good team. I'll tell you that right now. NC State's a good team. In fact, I looked at some, uh, you know, gambling people uh, power rankings, and they have NC State rated very high. Really? Uh, yes, yes, rated very high. They got that Leary coming back at quarterback. They got some some big guys on the defensive line. I think they're going to be a good good team. I think they're going to finish second. In the uh, in in the Atlantic Division, that's my prediction. And wow. State's going to finish second. Uh, they're they're a good team. I, I think uh, you know Pitt. You know, having the draw. You know, Boston College and NC State last year. Um, you know, no excuses. But I think those were two tough games that they could, they almost won and they should have won. Uh, but not having them on the schedule this year and replacing them with the likes of you know Duke. And and Syracuse, I think, is going to do good stuff for the schedule. Well, NC State, I don't know. I, I mean, I know they ripped our hearts out last year, but I don't expect them to have more wins than Pitt this year. Um, but yeah, Clemson goes there. They go to Syracuse, Pitt, Louisville. They're winning the ACC. Whatever, Coastal. You got? Are you a UNC picking UNC to win the Coastal? I. I feel like here's mine. Uh, I don't think Pitt's winning the Coastal, but I think Pitt is finishing ahead of either Miami or UNC. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere to think about the math there, but I guess that that could happen. Yes, they're going to finish ahead of one of those teams, the two teams uh, that, that everyone's that, predicting to win it. That could that could be. Um, I I could see that. You know, at UNC they lost a lot. On, on offense uh, at the skill position players, you know, like you said, we'll see how good Sam Howe really is. Uh, how, can he make other pl- people around him better? We're going to find out. Um, they, he, he's just, he's very good. Uh, I'm still gonna, I'm, I'm still going to pick them to, to win the, uh, win the division. Um, but I think Pitt and we'll give them a run for their money. They may even beat them. I could see it. I would not be surprised. Pitt beats Miami, then I'll be surprised because I'm I'm expecting them to win the Coastal this year. Um, that's my prediction uh, ahead of the table in the Coastal East, but then, of course, getting whooped by Clemson. Far and away the best ACC team, which, again, the ACC isn't really a Power 5 conference when in football when it's just Clemson and everybody else. Well, I... You say that, but I'll I'll say this. You know, I think that 
you know, if Pitt's as good as we th- think, and, and I guess, Alan, are we going to give our, our season prediction for Pitt at the end of this show, or are we saving it for next show? Give it now. We'll do it okay. now. All yeah, right, we'll, we'll, do, we'll it. do it. We'll do it at the end of this show. If Pitt's as good as we think they are, uh, if North Carolina plays as good as, you know, uh, they, they can if they live up to their hype. You know, if Miami lives up to their hype, I think Boston College, NC State are, are going to be good ball teams, and, and certainly you have Clemson there. I think that's a, that shows up for a pretty good conference, uh, probably better in the Big 12, uh, and maybe you'd put them uh, – you know, maybe you could make an argument that they're better than the Big 10 uh, and maybe better in the Pac-12. Maybe they're the second-best conference this year. I don't know. We'll see how it all we will see how it all shakes out. But I think they're better than than people are giving them credit for. Well, we'll get to that prediction here in just a moment. But real quick, what playoff are you expecting? Those four teams. We get. <sighs> we only have to p- pick four for now. Thank thank goodness, because I don't want to have to pick preseason eight playoff teams. That's no fun. Four is cool. And yeah. I think if we I think we look back last year, actually, well, you give me your four. I'll look at what we said last year. I know I had, I think I had OU in there last year. Do I have them this year? Find out in a moment. Vince, give me your four playoff teams. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to say Clemson. Alabama. Georgia, and I'm going to say Oregon. Oregon, yeah, a Pac-12 team in the in the playoff. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say Oregon. Really? I I I think you know they, you know, I think they got a very good defense, and I think that they, you know, their offense, they they got some some some. Sleeper skill position players there. Not enough people are talking about. I think that, you know, it's going to be a tough ask to to win at the shoe in week two. Uh, but if they could do that, uh, they could certainly get to the to the top four. No doubt about it. Wow. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, Ohio State, I mean, they, they're going to be loaded for sure. Um, you know, but I just don't know. I don't know. They were they were they got to replace a lot. How how good are they? Are they going to be? You look at a team like uh, you look at Oklahoma and Iowa State in the Big Twelve. You know Oklahoma. They it just seems like to me like they're going to trip up. Um, Same I, here. I, 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 they just seem like they're going to trip up. And uh, you're going with the same strategy I had last year with two SEC teams. I think I missed on Florida though. Um, but here's mine. I'm I'm not going with a Pac-12 team. I got Ohio State in in that Oregon spot, but I'm going Clemson, Alabama, and A&M. Texas A&M, really? Football playoff. Wow. Yes. It's possible. Uh, It's possible. Yeah, they're definitely a – I think they're good enough to get there. And Uh, They are definitely good enough. I'm not predicting it, but can very, very much see – a and M be in the higher seed than Alabama, meaning they beat Alabama. That's I think Alabama goes to College Station this year. Is that is that correct? Yes, and it's a year where Alabama is coming off a national title, and they are not good at defending the national title uh, historically 
under Nick Saban. What a great bat! What a great statistic to have about your team, though. You're not good at defending all the national championships <laughs> you won the next year. You, you, you should probably look at that Alabama win total. I believe it's at eleven and a half. Um, so they'd only need to w- lose one game to cash that ticket. Yeah, they got a, They're going to have a tremendous defense this year, no doubt about that. Uh, but offensively, I mean, they got to replace so much, and you got some uh, uh, quarterback that's hardly ever played, making millions of dollars already. Uh, yeah. You know, how? Yeah. How is that yes. going to turn out? Is the this, first, is, the first on the books millionaire quarterback in college football. I love it. Yeah. Is it, I mean, how how good is he? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, that's the thing. Same thing could be said for Ohio State. You know, you're you're replacing a uh, um, a, a, a pretty damn good quarterback in Justin Fields, uh, but at the same time, you know, you're you got a lot of talent for sure. But you know, are those guys going to be as good? And are they going to be as good that quickly? Because they're going to have a tough tough test. Uh, Oregon week two. I'm telling you. What if Miami beats them week? Week one in a the Alabama situation. What if that then happens? I, then the I ACC, think you need to all of you, a sudden. <laughs> then I think you no. need to start considering Miami for the playoff if they would be able to to, to to do that in the first week. Not happening, but I'll be rooting for it. All right, here are my pit predictions: wins and losses. I've got them at eight. It's optimistic, I would say. I got them at eight wins. Eight is optimistic. I think that's optimistic, yes. Because I think it's a more likely seven or six, but I'm going oh, with eight. Oh, that's that hurts. <laughs> normally normally the, the normal person is probably telling you that they should win nine or ten, but then they're gonna end up winning seven or six. <laughs> but I I mean if you look at this this is the easiest schedule that they've had in quite some time. Now we I don't de- I see. I definitely see a four and zero start. I'm calling that now. And, I and see that would, it. you know, and that would be the first time that they've ever gone undefeated in the non-conference. Uh, so, you, you look at that. You look at now. We don't know how good these teams are. You know, they got to go play at Georgia Tech. You know, a, a that team scares that, me. A team that's getting better, but still, you know, if you're Pitt, you know, in this situation, if you want to be good, you should beat them. You know, Duke is horrible. Syracuse is horrible. Uh, Virginia uh, is a decent team, but you do get them at home. And then you're looking, you know, you're looking at Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Are they going to lose those four? four, Those those first four ACC games, I'm telling you, it could be a rough go. It could start conference play this year. It could. I don't like that setup for the first four conference games on the road for two against a a team that. It, you know, you can't beat usually on their home field. And another yeah. team that is, like you said, Georgia Tech is improving. And okay, Pitt's still probably better than them. But the fact that that's on the road and the first ACC game could be kind of a tough spot for where it is on the schedule. I much prefer where they had Georgia Tech last year near the end. Yeah, yeah. I, but. I mean, we we have no control over the schedule, so we we just got to go out there and and, and play it. Uh, <laughs> we don't. And you talk about Virginia Tech. You know, it's either we lose a close game to them or we beat them by fifty points. You know that that's kind of the way it's been recently. And, and you know, Chris Peak had a nice article over on Panther Lair 
uh, talking about how, you know, this Tennessee game and this Virginia Tech game could be, you know, the you know, the decision makers in this season, you know, are they going to be a nine and three team? Or are they going to be a seven and five team? Uh, you know, this is a, this is a put up or shut up type of year. If they don't win at least eight games that I'm going to be very disappointed with this schedule. I think they have to win at least eight of these games. Um, and I'll, I'll say that they're going to do that. So you're saying the acceptable losses would be to Clemson, Miami, and North Carolina. Yeah, and all yeah, the other I mean, losses if, are unacceptable. Well, no, uh, no. If you if they would lose to Virginia Tech, you know, I, I suppose, you know, that's yeah, but that's not a, that's not an easy game because they're even going playing, to be dogs in at least five or six of these games. Well, how many games would they? I guess Tennessee. They're probably going to be a dog against uh, on the road at an SEC team, um, and Virginia Tech. Yeah, they'll probably be an underdog there, and definitely yeah, so, the so, other three for sure. Yeah, so you know, five losses. games, five games that they would be an underdog in. That's not eight wins, if that's if Vegas is right on all those. Well, I I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Tennessee seems like a, just an absolute disaster, uh, and and a, and a game that they should win. You know, if you're you know Pat Narduzzi in your what seventh season here. You know, you got to be able to win these games. It, you know, if we cannot win these games, then, you know, maybe we should be going in a different direction. But that's something we're going to be talking about at the end of the season. Hopefully not talking about at the end of the season. Uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, much more wins. I'm going to say this team's going eight and four. I feel like they have the, the potential. I feel like they have the ability uh, to, to win more than that. But you got to prove it. And if Pitt wins 10 games... Mark Whipple is getting an NFL head coaching job. There we go. A new season. The Hail to Pit podcast, Vince. We're underway. Here we go. Hey, I, I am just super hyped for this guy. I, I can't believe we got to wait. It, I guess it's less than a week now till the first game. Uh, but it's the, it, it's six days. But it, but it feels like a long way away. I, I can't. It's going to be a long week getting ready for this this big UMass game. Uh, but I, I am unbelievably hyped for it. I am too. It is a kickoff probably uh, a couple hours before I'm going to have to go to dinner for my mother-in-law's birthday, though. So thank thank the football gods for ESPN Plus and streaming. I will be watching that game on my phone under the table at a family dinner. But enjoy it, everybody. We're going to be breaking it down because we've got another episode coming out this week. So. Thanks. Tell your friends we're back and uh, follow us at H2P show on uh, on social media. Were, were, were you and Pam watching the game week week one? I'm going to be at the game. Oh, you'll uh, be at the game. I will be at the game. You're going. You're going I'm to go- games this year. Yes, I, I will be. Uh, I will be hear. at the game. Um, Pam, I do not believe is going to be at the game. She's got a, a work gimmick uh, wow. that she's got that she has to do. Um, and, and I'll, I'll say it here. Everybody go out, uh, before you go to the game, stop by the Plum Library book sale and get yourself yeah. a nice book. Uh, oh, love can, a nice book that you can read and, and, you know, wind down on Saturday night after you to, to come down from the high of a huge pit victory. That's what I would do. Yeah. Johnny Majors ever write a book? Didn't Dave Wanstead just write a book? Uh, I don't know, but he was saying that, you know, 
all these teams were joining the Pac-12, and then the Pac-12 said those teams are not joining. Nobody's joining the Pac-12, so I don't, I don't know if we could trust anything Dave Wanstead said. Is uh, at least as far as you know, college football conference realignment. Now, if it's where to buy, get the best fish sandwich at, then you know, definitely believe that. Do you think we're going to see him at like three in the morning giving away sports bets? <laughs> his his picks for the week pretty soon. <laughs> oh my god, I hope. Well, I, I'd love to see it, but I, I don't think I, I don't think that's where where, he, where his best uh, work could be done. <laughs> well, I'm excited. The season's underway. Vince is going to be at games again, so that means we're getting back to some sort of normal here. A real football season on the horizon, everybody. Hopefully, you're staying healthy and you're prepared for it. I know I am, and uh, we're going to be rocking and rolling with the podcast all season long. So, again, we're back. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you for our UMass preview coming up. Vince, you got anything left? Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit, everybody. See you next time. You still think I'm crazy standing here.